T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Good day. Glad to have you. Bill Michaels show off to a good start on a Tuesday. I woke up today, got in a workout, feeling really good today, do a little house cleaning, even though it is gray and black and cold and uh, okay, out here where I live, but I woke up, it was 27 degrees this morning outside of the uh, outside of the house. But that, be, that being said, it was, um, it was coming off of a night, I really enjoyed the Monday night game last night, not because the Bears lost, uh, but just because... I just enjoyed finding out about two teams that have a lot to talk about, uh, a lot of hype that goes along with it. The Rams, uh, obviously, their defense just absolutely shut down the uh, Chicago Bears. Now, does that mean the Packers are going to equate to a, a similar situation? No, of course not. The Bears don't, or the uh, Packers don't have the same type of defense that the Rams do, and they certainly don't have the same type of pass rush as of right now. But Chicago. Uh, I don't know how you can look at Matt Nagy and week after week, day after day, game after game, have him say, we got to figure out this offense. Wasn't he brought in for that? Wasn't he brought – I mean, that that's embarrassing at this point. So, Sean McVay, he came up with a great scheme. He uh, And they just power rushed that Bears defense yesterday. Then again, the offense didn't help out the Bears defense too much, but – uh, the Rams are 5-2. and two. They're a team to be reckoned with. The Bears, maybe the Bears just got beat up. Now we wait and see. See what happens the remainder of the season. The Bears most likely will be a playoff team. Um, but they, they've got offensively a lot to prove. They are completely inept. Uh, and I don't know why they continually run these end-of-rounds with Cordell Patterson. I, I, I don't know, but it is what it is. Uh, so now you've got the week officially wrapped up. In the NFL, the Packers remain at 5-1. and one. You've got an undefeated team in the Pittsburgh Steelers who are 6-0. and oh. The Titans are 5-1. and one. You've got a 5-2 and two Bills team now. You've got uh, a team like the Lions who actually got a win and climbed back to 500. Are they anywhere near 500? No, I don't think so, but at least they're back record-wise. The Browns are sitting at 5-2 and two after struggling with the craptastic Cincinnati Bengals. You got the Saints who continue to squeak out wins and continue to play well. Same with the Buccaneers. They continue to play well. 
they're starting to hit their stride. You've got a Chiefs team that they they are who we thought they were. You know, a forty-three to sixteen win over the Broncos. So, uh, a lot of things shuffling around right now in the NFL. And don't forget to the Browns, Odell Beckham Jr. out for the remainder of the season with a torn ACL. So, the, those of you who actually tweeted last night uh, to me that said something about trading for Odell Beckham. Uh, and I was responding. I, I, you know, I know you probably didn't see it, but he's out for the season with a torn ACL. So, the 49ers are a good football team after going from the West Coast to the East Coast and just beating the hell out of the Patriots, 33 to six. And Cam Newton now questioning whether or not he should be a starter and doesn't blame Bill Belichick for benching him. And I, look, you knew that was going to go one of two ways. It was either going to turn out to be absolutely great and give him a a you know kind of a breath of fresh air and a new life in New England or he was going to succumb because he wants to be I, I said Cam Newton years and years ago made a determination that he was more about fashion and about being me than he was about being a quarterback in the NFL and he, he's that's proven to be true so uh, a lot of storylines in the NFL but the bottom line is it's the NFL and we're talking a lot of good stuff when it comes to football. Uh, 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. If you want to chime in, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Want to hear from you. You can also get a hold of us on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find uh, Radio Joe at Radio Joe Sports. That's at Radio Joe Sports. You can find uh, Sam, who is uh, filling in today with uh, Radio Joe alongside, at Sam underscore underscore Schmitz. You got Evan Heffelfinger behind the glass at Evan Heff 25. That is the way to get a hold of all of us. Always appreciate you doing so. And then you can find us uh, via email as well, Bill Michaels at BillMichaelsports.com. That's Bill Michaels at BillMichaelsports.com. And you can find us in many different facets there as well. So uh, it just a lot to get to today, a lot to talk about, uh, a lot of good stuff too. You got a big game coming up on Saturday night in the Big Ten as Penn State's going to host Ohio State. We're going to talk more Badger football as the Badgers say, hey, they're going to forge forward. They're going to forge forward. And uh, they're going to have uh, a game this weekend. Uh, you know, they are confident they're going to be able to get the game in. So we're going to talk with Ben Wurgle coming up here in about 10 minutes from BadgerBlitz.com and the Rivals Network. You can find him on The Badger Nation. We're going to talk with him about uh, Graham Mertz, not only the way Graham Mertz started, but the way Graham Mertz is uh, being discussed now because he, he does or doesn't have COVID. We're waiting to figure it out. So we'll get into that discussion. Everson Griffin uh, possibly on the trade block in Dallas. Would you have interest there? J.J. Watt. Uh, very quietly saying, mm, maybe not in Houston. Uh, meanwhile, you've got Antonio Brown working out down in Tampa. There's plenty of guys out there that if you want to get your team better, uh, we'll, and we'll discuss this. We'll discuss this because I think it's a legitimate question about getting the Green Bay Packers better. Do you think there's a trade to be made? And if so, do you have a specificity in mind? Do you have a, a specific person? or a trade in general, I want to hear it. We'll, we'll talk about it. Also, also, Jerry DiNardo of the Big Ten Network is going to be here today. I'm looking forward to this. We're going to talk with him about the entirety of the Big Ten because you had some games this weekend that were like, wait a minute, Rutgers, they beat Michigan State. Iowa falls to Purdue. You know, we saw Illinois get drubbed up by Graham Mertz and company and the Badgers. Uh, but there, there were some games that you thought, wait a minute, you know, this this might not be going the way we thought it was. 
So we'll get into that discussion coming up. Also, a lot of chatter with the Green Bay Packers. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette and PackersNews.com going to be here. And Michael Lombardi, the former Cleveland Browns general manager on our Radio.com Sports NFL Insider is going to be here today as well. So we got a lot, a lot coming up, a lot coming up. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, specifically, okay, uh, I want to go back to the game last night. And we had a caller yesterday who said he was a Bears fan. And he said last night was more about the Rams because the Rams' schedule uh, has not been the the most difficult. The majority of the Rams' schedule has been against the NFC East. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Eagles. They lost to the Bills. They beat the Giants. And they beat the Redskins. They lost to the 49ers. And now they beat a good Bears team. Okay? Was last night more about the Rams proving themselves and who they are? in their record or was last night more about the bears losing the bears losing in ugly fashion and saying that maybe the bears are a little bit overrated at five and two. Uh, The bears did beat Tampa Bay. They they've got that feather in their cap. So I'm not going to poo poo the bears totally. I mean, they've been able to play some good football and I'm not going to, sit here and say that the Bears aren't a good team in the sense that they have got a good defense. But what the Bears are, they beat the they beat the Lions, they beat the Giants, they beat the Falcons, they lost to the Colts, they beat the Buccaneers, and then they beat the Panthers. And then they lost, obviously, to the Rams. Now they've got a really uh, a tough schedule. they got the Saints and the Titans back-to-back weeks. Then they get the Vikings, then the Packers, then they get back to the Lions and the Texans, the Vikings, Jaguars, and then the Packers again. I can see them getting a win, say, over – let's just say the Saints and the Titans get them, and they're 5-4 and four at that point. Um, I can see them beating the Vikings to go to 6-4, and four, losing to the Packers to go to 6-5, and five, beating the Lions to go to 7-5, and five, Texans 8-5, and five, Vikings 9-5, and five, Jaguars 10-5, and five, and then losing to the Packers again, making it 10-6. and six. I can see a 10-6 and six season out of this Bears team that would, you would figure, put them in a postseason. You would, you would assume this is going to be a, a, a postseason team. Unless, of course, they lose, you know, one of these games, say, to the Vikings or lose one of these games that maybe they shouldn't, like lose to the Jaguars, um, lose to, uh, I don't know, maybe the Lions, uh, you know, or maybe they, they sneak up and beat the Green Bay Packers in one of those games. See them getting to 11 wins. But are they kind of who we thought they were? So we'll talk about that coming up uh, a little bit more today. I want to talk some Badger football when we come back because uh, Badgers got off to a fast start. Their quarterback certainly got off to a fast start. Tremendous start. And uh, then uh, it looks like the only thing that's going to slow him down right now is COVID. We'll get into that discussion. Badgers have one coming up, though, and it looks as if, at least according to uh, their head coach, Paul Christ, uh, they should be able to get this game going and not have to worry about uh, the uh, ugly head of COVID. So we'll wait and see. Stay tuned. Ben Wurgle of BadgerBlitz.com, the Rivals Network. You can find him on Twitter at the Badger Nation. He is going to join us to talk about all of that in the Big Ten coming up next. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
The Bill Michaels Show brought to you by our good friends over there at Bud Light. Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Hey, a, a programming note off the air. For those that were going to tune in tonight to the Facebook Live, that is going to be pushed to tomorrow. Tomorrow night on Facebook Live, not tonight. Um, so some things going on that I need to take care of. But uh, tomorrow night, we're going to be doing some Facebook Live stuff. And uh, as uh, we are brought here by our good friends at Bud Light, also that is brought to you by our, our friends at Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com. That is BudLight.com. Badgers, boy, you get off to a fast start like that, and then you get the brake slammed on when you got a little bit of COVID uh, chatter throughout your organization. Ben Wurgle, BadgerBlitz.com, Rivals Network as well. Find him on Twitter at the Badger Nation. Now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. So, Ben, uh, at least Paul Chris said they're going to get this game in, correct? That's the thought. Um, certainly the news over the last 24 to 48 hours would suggest that Wisconsin is going to be in a pinch if this game is played on Saturday. But, you know, Paul is very vague in what he told uh, the mass of local and national reporters that uh, kind of hijacked his Zoom call with a lot of hypotheticals yesterday. And, you know, it's just it's kind of the world that we live in now where it's just kind of day-to-day. They're trying to figure out um, if both Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf are going to be out for the Big Ten minimum 21 days of competition due to a positive COVID diagnosis. And if Wisconsin is going to have enough healthy quarterbacks to compete on Saturday, that's kind of the the mode I think that Paul Chris is, is going through with him and his staff over the last 24 hours here. So have there been any false positives, or are they not saying? Well, they're not saying. Paul's not going to comment on anything that has to do with the testing procedures, uh, who has tested positive, who hasn't, if that player A has had a false positive or anything like that. They've been very buttoned up about the topic uh, throughout the entire process. This isn't anything like they're just starting this week. Um, they haven't released any medical information of which who has and hasn't tested positive, citing uh, medical privacy laws. We do know from uh, reporting that Wisconsin has dealt with false positives uh, to this point uh, since they resumed uh, their fall camp. We don't know who. We don't know how many. So it's not completely set in stone that both these players are going to miss 21 days. But I will say that if one quarterback tested positive and now another quarterback has tested positive, the likelihood that both actually have coronavirus probably is pretty high um i uh i guess the next question is so give me your thoughts on the depth of this team at this point i mean you're not only talking about the possibility of others being infected but then if you do play this game and let's just say an injury occurs you are really thin well yeah without question i mean you look at the quarterback room right now and you already don't have jack Cohn, who's recovering from foot surgery that happened uh, earlier uh, this month, um, so he's not an option. Uh, you're not going to have if both these tests, these PCR tests from Mertz and Chase Wolf come back positive, they're out for 21 days, so they miss the next three games. So for the next three weeks where you face Nebraska on the road, Purdue at home, and then you have to go to Michigan, you're going to be down to your four-string quarterback. And then beyond that, you're going to have a walk-on who is just in his first couple months on campus. So not an ideal situation for this team. Uh, it would be interesting to see if the positive tests start and end in the quarterback room. And if that's the case, then Wisconsin may be able to survive this and play some games. But then the, also question, the other question is, too, if an injury occurs, who is your, uh, who's your emergency quarterback? You have a number of guys on this team 
that have played quarterback in high school, but there's a far different cry from playing quarterback in high school mm-hmm. than playing quarterback in the Big Ten. So all kind of remains to be seen, but it looks as of right now, uh, Kimberly, former Kimberly quarterback Danny Vandenboom might be in line to get the start, uh, his first career start on Saturday in Lincoln. Um, what is the timetable for the return of Mertz? Is it two weeks? So would he miss both the Nebraska Three. and the Purdue game? Three, Three. weeks? Three. So he would miss Big the Michigan Ten. game as well. Yeah, Big Ten has a very strict rule that if you test positive and the the more antigen PCR tests confirm that you have coronavirus, you have to miss 21 days from the time you test positive of a practice and games. So, um, you know, it's very different in other leagues. I think SEC is 14 days. I think the ACC, Big 12, and some other conferences are just 10. But the Big Ten is trying, as they saw with canceling of the season, uh, back in August, they're they're moving very very they're moving very cautiously with this. They're concerned about you know with, with the heart problems associated with uh, coronavirus and, and younger people. They're concerned about outbreaks. They want to be very very cautious because of what their timetable. Trying to get nine games in in nine weeks, they don't. They're trying to prevent these type of outbreaks from flaring back up. So Mertz and Chase Wolf, if positive, they will miss the next three weeks of games. And one could argue that's maybe the toughest three weeks on Wisconsin's schedule with those two road games this weekend and then in a couple weeks at Michigan. Um, and, and I just had this question that was posed to me on Twitter. Let's just say Graham Mertz it, you know, is positive and he's going to not be able to even come back until November 21st. That gives you a total of four games. Could And, and this is from a guy asking a question. said to ask Ben, I'm not quite sure. Could they just say, let's keep him for another season and redshirt him again? There are no... Anyone who plays this year does not lose any eligibility. This is like a free year, according to the okay. NCAA. So anyone who plays this year, does, this does not count against their eligibility clock. So if, even if Mertz plays every game, he okay. will come back next year as a redshirt freshman. That goes the same with everybody. Um, that rule That's what passed. I thought. That I rule just wasn't was passed, sure. Uh, uh, I think a couple couple months ago, maybe kind of mid-August, that this this season for fall sports. I don't know about winter. I don't know about basketball. I think actually basketball this got passed too. Because of this, these seasons being affected by the virus, no, no one's going to be punished by losing a year of eligibility. What does this do like to recruiting then as well? I mean, if you're an incoming recruit, there's only going to be so much space if you want to keep a guy an extra year, if a guy wants to stay in college an extra year. Correct. I, I think it's going to be based on uh, school decision as well. So just because it, it doesn't count – with your year of eligibility doesn't mean that some programs aren't going to be able to fund that. I mean, we saw that with UW back when the spring sports, uh, you saw when the softball season, when track and field, um, all those other spring sports were canceled, and they were allowed those student-athletes to come back for an extra year. UW said it's best that you start to move on you know, with your, with your professional lives. So they were not going to honor that scholarship beyond – you know, the next season that drew a little bit of flack, but it was a site. It was say as a budgetary concern. You have to wonder if some schools and there has been schools in the big 10 now, Iowa, Minnesota, notably that are starting to have to cut athletic programs. Now, if you're trying to bring back fall sports and say you have 20 scholarship football players, that's a lot of money you have to shell up for another year. And then you top it on to volleyball and hockey and, and basketball you know, that's a lot of cash that these schools are being asked to fork over for their student athletes for an additional year in a year where you're losing a lot of revenue because you don't have 
ticket sales. You don't have admissions. You don't have parking. It's a lot of revenue that you're losing. So it, it will be interesting to kind of see how schools approach that. I believe the NCAA is going to be a, a little bit more forgiving with that. Surprisingly, they have been forgiving with granting this extra year of eligibility. That's usually not the NCAA's stance. They're usually kind of, you know, Mr. Grinch with a magnifying glass trying to punish these schools inconsistently. But this will be a benefit to the student-athletes, and also it's up to the schools if they're willing to kind of extend those benefits to them. So let's talk about the game itself. Well, what they did to Illinois, 45-7, to Graham Mertz just went off. Uh, we have not seen anything like this in a long, long time. Talk about his play. I have said, and, and just to the eyeball test, he just looks like a good quarterback. He's got a strong arm. What we saw was a good vision, decision-making. He had preciseness with the football. Uh, just you tell me what you saw. I saw a very special player that was very well coached into this game. If you watched early, they set him up almost for success with some of the, the play calls early on. They didn't really put a lot on his plate early. They kind of spoon-fed him some stuff really attack uh, the wire, uh, the running backs and the flats. Just easy passes, high percentage completions to kind of get him in a rhythm. And then you kind of saw the offense open up a little bit more. You saw him complete passes over the middle uh, to, to Jake Ferguson and Danny Davis. Just maybe expanded a little bit. So after completing passes early to kind of the first level of defense, you got to the second level. And then that throw to, to Davis at the end of the second quarter right before half where he just aired it out look just so effortless. I mean, things look effortless to Graham. And to be fair, we haven't seen a lot of him over the course of the last year because uh, obviously there was no spring practices, fall practices were close to the media, uh, and we didn't see him during uh, the 2019 regular season. Uh, we only saw him in fall camp. And even then, you could, you could see that he had the skill set. There's still a lot of things that need to be polished. Uh, obviously, the transition from high school to college is a big one. He had a lot to do because the offenses were a little bit different, how he had to take uh, snaps were a little bit different, his dropbacks. So you could just see him kind of polishing up those things last year, but just look, just made the position look easy. Um, very encouraging for Wisconsin to have a player like that in your arsenal. It'll be interesting to see next year, not to you know, look too far ahead, if Cohn does decide to come back what Wisconsin is going to try to do with both Cone and Mertz, who easily is the future of that position. But uh, Wisconsin has a really good one here. I mean, we knew that for a long time, but I think Friday really validated that this kid could be something special for the Badgers. Talking with uh, Ben Wargle uh, of Badger Nation here and uh, trying to kind of talk a little bit more about, or badgerblitz.com, I should say, and uh, Rivals Network. And uh, you can find him at the Badger Nation on Twitter. Jake Ferguson, obviously a big game. But was the the passing game what you thought it would be? Is the talent there to be able to? Because I th- I saw some downfield passes, which I really enjoyed. I saw, obviously, going to the tight end. I saw motion. I mean, I saw many different things when you talk about the ability to get downfield, going to Danny Davis, going to Kendrick Pryor, going to Jake Ferguson, moving the ball all over the place. I liked what I saw. But is there any concerns or red flags when you talk about the passing game? I think there was more concerns week one with the running game. I thought the running game really kind of struggled to get into a flow and a rhythm early. Um, but I think from the passing game standpoint, you knew they had personnel there that could that could make this offense hum. I mean, Jake Ferguson has had two really solid years, and he came into this year 
pretty much knowing he was going to have to burden a lot. Um, losing a guy like Jonathan Taylor takes a lot. But you lose Quintez Cephas, too, Wisconsin's best downfield threat, and right. a pretty good slot receiver, too, in A.J. Taylor. That Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor both had shown some really good things in their career, but are coming up really down years in, in 2019, which was surprising considering the stability Wisconsin had a quarterback. So there was that little bit of unknown of what Wisconsin's going to be from a receiver standpoint. You knew what you're going to have in Ferguson. Ferguson had at least one catch in every game. I think he had three catch, at least three catches in six games last year. He was just that steady influence. Um, to get that kind of pop from Davis down the field, I think is going to be a huge boost for this team. Uh, to have that kind of threat, that's going to help open up the offense. The concern, I think, for me is is what Wisconsin has a running back. Now, Garrett Groshek is a very good player, multidimensional, can run the ball, uh, can catch the ball in the backfield. I think that was encouraging. Nakia Watson is a more between-the-tackles kind of guy. And I think the pressure that Illinois was able to kind of create in the interior really kind of bowled up the running game a little bit. I thought Isaac Garendo played a little too fast, too. Now, first game, obviously, there's a weird year. You don't put a ton of stock into it per se, but Wisconsin should have been able to run the ball a little bit better against an Illinois team that averaged just under four yards per carry. They got a lot of that production late after Illinois kind of got worn down a little bit. But I think that kind of going forward is going to be the concern for Wisconsin because you don't have that real game breaker anymore in the backfield with Taylor. You're going to have a three-man approach. You need to be able to figure out how to kind of maximize that, that room to get some bare production. Ben, always good stuff. We appreciate it. We'll touch base again as the season moves on, okay? All right. Start warming up your arm, Bill. You may be needed on Saturday. Uh, you know what? Uh, my shoulders are shot, so I can receive. I just can't uh, can't throw, so <laughs> they're out of we'll luck there. The How's that sound? We'll get you the I wouldn't mind that at all. At least I can run over a few people. I'd be happy to do that. Ben, talk to you, okay? Take care. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you later. Ben Wurgle, BadgerBlitz.com, Rivals Network. Uh, you can find him there on Twitter at the Badger Nation at the Badger Nation. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years, 85-plus. They've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to SchneiderJobs.com. Now, if Graham Mertz has to miss three games, do you think the Badgers still make it to Indianapolis? If he has to miss those three games, 21 days, can the Badgers still make it to Indianapolis? We'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Van Horn Automotive. Don't forget they want to buy your car, and I've done it now four times from them. Go to VanHornAuto.com. That's VanHornAuto.com, and see for yourself everything they have to offer. They are family-born, employee-owned. They've got a lot of people that have skin in the game, and they want to help you the best they possibly can, whether it's keeping the CDC guidelines in all the dealerships and the service department or helping you from home. If you want to buy new, buy used, find a car, finance a car, trade in a car, whatever it is, they can help you out. They're great people. That's why I recommend them. That's why I've shopped there not once, not twice, but four different times now through VanHornAuto.com. When we come back, if Mertz has to miss the games, does that cripple this Badger's chances to get to Indianapolis? More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
Glad to have you back. Hey, coming up on uh, Thursday night, don't forget, we got the Bill Michaels Huddle back 6 to 8 this coming Thursday night. Mike Clemens, Doug Russell going to be here. Part of our panel coming up on Thursday evening for the Bill Michaels Huddle, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com for all the uh, all the details. Um, I uh, I look at it this way. If Graham Mertz is unable to participate, if Graham Mertz is unable to participate on, uh, well, through the next three weeks, just let's just say, uh, if he's unable to go against Nebraska, if he's unable to go then uh, the week following, which would be against Purdue, and then obviously Michigan, number 13 in the country, uh, how much does that hinder or hamper or give them the inability to make it to Indianapolis, in your opinion? 855-830-8648. I think Nebraska doesn't impress me at all. I mean, not at all. They just got shellacked by Ohio State. Now, Look, uh, I, I, I get it. Uh, Ohio State is Ohio State, but they got drilled 52-17, and it wasn't even a game. They looked like a high school team playing, you know, one of the best teams in, in NFL history. I mean, it was just – it was a joke. So, I think Nebraska is a, is a winnable game regardless uh, of who they're running out there. Purdue was impressive uh, in their victory over Iowa. I have to admit, Purdue – I I really they now they played at home and it's always a weird place to play down there in West Lafayette but they got a 24-20 win uh against Iowa. I that was that was impressive. Uh now we're going to see how they do this coming week because they take on Illinois. If they go 2 and 0 and then come into that uh, game against Wisconsin with a little bit of a head of steam, uh the number 9 Wisconsin Badgers could be uh, staring down the barrel of maybe that trap game, looking at uh, looking ahead to Michigan, but uh, yeah, it's it's that you, absolutely this could hinder their ability to get to to get to Indianapolis. But now I and Mark, I appreciate the email. Mark says, uh, "Don't you think other Big Ten teams are going to go through the exact same situation?" My assumption is yes, but it it still doesn't diminish the impact of the loss of your quarterback and quarterbacks. So you, you've lost your two starting quarterbacks this season already, and at least for the next three weeks, the assumption is. So, yes, that will impact your team dramatically, as we all know. I mean, it's, it's a quarterback league. Now, I still think the Badgers defensively are coming together. They played really, really well. I thought they played really, really well. Um, I liked what I saw. They didn't have to use a ton of blitzes. They were stout up front able to stymie the run. I, I really liked what I saw out of uh, out of the Badgers' defense. And they can keep you in a game close enough, you would assume, to uh, to allow whomever it is going to be leading your team to, to win it. But, again, the, the one area where the Badgers are going to have to get better, and Ben Wergo alluded to it, if you don't have a quarterback, you've got to be able to run the football. And the Badgers not only have to get better up front, you've got to figure out a way to generate – offense and so yeah you got to get those guys going you got to get some better uh better capability at rush uh Groshek, you know i mean he's probably going to be more so the bell cow nikita watson the same thing those two guys nikita watson actually had i think what was it uh three or four maybe five more carries than Groshek in that game but you're going to need those two guys specifically really to kind of take it over 
and be able to get it done with up front uh, and, and the offensive line of the uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. Just thoughts. I mean, obviously you're going to, you know, the tight ends are going to play into this uh, depending on what kind of front you're going to have to go for. And what I really thought was interesting when you talk about uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, I, I don't think much of that game. But when you move on, you go to Purdue. Purdue was stout up front against Iowa. If you watched any of that game, Purdue had a pretty good front against the Iowa Hawkeyes, a good stymieing front. Now, their their secondary is not great, but neither was, you know, when it came to Iowa and their ability uh, to be able to throw the ball, they didn't. They weren't great by any stretch of the imagination. But I really like what Purdue did. Purdue came with stunts. They came with certain blitzes. Uh, they 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 pressured the quarterback uh, best they could. They were but they were really good up front and stymieing the run. And I would just couldn't run the ball against them. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. And Petrus, not bad. I mean, he was what uh, twenty two, twenty three completed passes, but he was uh, about two hundred and fifty yards. But I really liked O'Connell. O'Connell threw for almost 300 yards, three touchdowns. Now, the the one pick wasn't his fault. That was a ball that got tipped, but he shouldn't have thrown it into double coverage. But the other one, that was just a bad pass. So they, they are prone to turning the ball over, and that's the one thing that the Badgers can take advantage of without a doubt. So I just it's one of those things you have to think about down the road because this is a year in which you're kind of hoping that the Badgers, who are highly ranked and seemingly have good pieces in place, if they can keep them healthy, that uh, they could end up, back in Indianapolis, and maybe just maybe. Now, Justin Fields and company, they're very solid over there at Ohio State, but just maybe, just maybe this is the year that they actually get past Ohio State. 855-830-8648. If you want to chime in, go ahead and do so. Uh, You got players back out there. It looks like they may be ready to tear it down. We'll tell you what we're talking about. Stay tuned. And also, we'll talk a little bit more about the Green Bay Packers getting better. Do you see any trades in the future Uh, within the next week that could possibly bolster this team one way or the other. And if you had to make a choice and you're going to bolster something, is it going to be the defense or the offense? And then after last night, do you feel more confident about the division if you were starting to wonder whether or not the uh, Chicago Bears were going to be a real threat to the Green Bay Packers atop the NFC North? We'll get into all of that, all of that when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have signed a veteran wide receiver to the practice squad, Seth Roberts, in his sixth NFL season, now 29 years old. Roberts has been with the Raiders, the Ravens, and was released yesterday by the Carolina Panthers. Packers running back Javal Williams had a big day against the Texans with 114 yards in combined yardage and scoring a touchdown. He talked about his opportunity with Aaron Jones out with a calf injury. On certain plays, when I get those opportunities to, to just go out and do what I can to help our team get first downs or get those large chunks of plays, it just gets me excited. And, I, and you know, I'll just be trying to get the juice going for the team and, you know, but just doing it in my way, just being me out there. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. I think as a runner or any player on this team, as a matter of fact, no matter who's up 
in the lineup, you always got to be ready to go. This was a, a good opportunity for Jamal to get a bunch of snaps, and you, you got to prepare like you're the starter at all times. And we, he is a starter. Really proud of his effort, and we've got all the confidence in the world in Jamal. That's Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, I want to remind you, yeah, I woke up this morning and it was cold. It was cold. It was about 27, 28 degrees, but it was nice in my house. Yes, it was. Now, I turn the heat down at night. I like to sleep when it's a little bit cold, so I turn it down about 68. And then today I get up and then the the, the, thermo- or the uh, you know thermostat automatically adjusts up at 8 o'clock. It goes back up to 71 degrees, 70 degrees right in there. And it's awesome, and I don't really have to, you know, tinker too much with uh, the thermostat and the windows. I don't hear the heat go off very often in the house. It's just been great. I mean, ever since I got the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, uh, between the doors, uh, the big patio doors, I'm not only is my house worth more, but it's beautiful, and they're easy to open, easy to close, and they're secure. So uh, there's no reason right now with all the different offers that they have going on that you shouldn't be able to get this done in your home. Through the end of the month, you only got the rest of this week, but through the end of October, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offering no money down, no interest, and no payments for 24 months when you replace your old leaky windows and doors right now. You can do it. Or you can choose from 2.99% APR financing for 12 years. 12 years. So you can Pella now and pay later. No money down, no interest, no payments for 24 months. Or 12 years, 2.99% APR financing. It's really easy. And they make it simple because they do everything themselves. So go to PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. You can set up a free consultation, find out about what it's going to cost you, all that kind of stuff. And then in addition to that, uh, you can uh, you can have them come into your home. They'll measure, their, they'll manufacture, they assemble, they install year-round. And they can make your house more economical, more comfortable, more beautiful right in the here and the now. That is our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Um, so it looks as if, anyway, it looks as if Everson Griffin back out on the trade block. And, uh, well, Dallas, I'll tell you this. Mike McCarthy's got his hands full down there in Dallas right now. And it looks like. There's a decision to be made, and Jerry's got to make that decision, whether or not they're going to tear it down and start to kind of rebuild this team, keep some of their key interest points, and then start to try to put some additional pieces around them and start getting rid of some guys. Or they're going to try to add pieces and go for it. But you know what? With just a couple of wins to their name, the most likely way to go would be for them to, to start tearing it down. Or at least getting rid of some of the wood that's not going to be there in the long term, if you know what I mean. So you would assume that the Dallas Cowboys is sitting at two and five right now after just getting drilled by Washington, twenty-five to three. They're going to start tearing it down. Everson Griffin might be a guy that's out there. So, so would you, if you're the Green Bay Packers, would you go in that direction? Which leads us into uh, our upcoming, uh, you know, upcoming hour. And that is going to be is would you trade for J.J. Watt, Everson Griffin? Would you bolster the defense? Would you bolster the offense? And then the question upon that as well 
And we got the frenzy coming up, so we'll talk about all the games that went on this past weekend. But then beyond that, what you witnessed last night out of the Chicago Bears does, do you believe that that was an apparition, that that was just an anomaly, like we talked about with the Green Bay Packers? Or do you believe that the Bears really are not ready for prime time when it comes to being a threat for the Packers in the top spot in the uh, in the NFC North? So we'll talk about all of that coming up. If you would, if you were going to make a trade, who would it be for, if anybody? And do you think they need to make a trade when it comes to the offense or the defense? If you had your druthers, what would you do? We'll get into that discussion coming up. And uh, don't forget, we'll talk more about uh, the, the Chicago Bears after what we witnessed last night. Do you feel any different? Do you feel any different about this team? Uh, real quick, I want to get him on. Uh, he's been on hold a while. Pat's in Green Bay. Pat, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, thank you. Um, I'm uh, I'm up here in Green Bay. I have a comment on Everson Griffin. Um, I would be very, very, very careful if the Packers would pull the trigger and try to get him. Um, first of all, I'm not sure Goody at this point in time is going to pull the trigger on anybody. I'm dubious as to why he doesn't want to at least pick up some help. And I think what they need right now is a wide receiver. But getting back to Everson Griffin, I remember a couple of years ago he had some um, psychological mental issues. Yes. He missed a bunch of games for the Vikings. And granted, uh, I thought he was a pretty good defensive tackle. And I know that they were salary cap strapped in Minnesota. So uh, they kind of went to the point they decided to go with some other people and they let them go. Right. But um, here's the thing. Um, the Cowboys still have a chance to make the playoffs as bad as they are. Right. No, I, I completely agree. Appreciate the phone call, Pat, because i got to run here at the top of the hour. But, no, I, they do. Oddly enough, if they could just somehow pull it together and and figure out a way to get a few wins, they're right back in it when it comes to the ability to make the postseason because their division absolutely positively stinks. Just stinks. Got a lot more to talk about when we come back. Would you trade for J.J. Watt? You going to go after him, yay or nay? we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.